Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. Tom Burgoyne and John Brazier. And John, um, it's a little melancholy being up here because, <laughs> you know, the last time we did a, a, a podcast was after Game four of the NLDS. We had just beaten the Braves. Yep. By the way, I'd gotten a lot of comments. People were saying, oh my gosh, I listened to your podcast. That was great. You guys were so fired up. Well, we're you know. fired up because we just literally just we had, 20 minutes after the game. Exactly. We watching were, everybody celebrate on the field. Celebrate on the field. Not be fired and up. We were, they were celebrating on the field and that's what we were looking at from uh, up here in the in the uh, radio booth, John. And now we're looking out. <laughs> you can tell that the ground crew has, led, uh, has spread the lime uh, on the field. Uh, they're getting it ready for the off season, uh, and it's pretty depressing. Yes, it is. But you know what's going to help our depression, Tom? I know we got the greatest dude in the world. Well, first of all, uh, during the <laughs> during the whole playoff run, uh, we would announce everybody from yeah. the trainers to the you know clubhouse guys yes. to this and that, and the loudest. The loudest ovation. Oh, wait, loudest ovation. That's easy. That's uh, Bryce Harper, right, John? Well, the loudest ovation besides a player. Oh, no, no. Uh, Rob Thompson, of course. The, the, he was not a player. Right, because he's not a player either. But besides Rob Thompson, uh, who was the loudest ovation? <laughs> no, I'm saying I think this guy got a bigger ovation than Rob you think? Thompson. I well, think I know so. my wife was in the living room and in the stands because uh, she's a big fan of our next guest. Why don't you introduce who it is? Phillies interpreter, Diego Atedgi. <laughs> And, and Diego, it's funny because John and I are like, wait, how's he pronounce his last name again? It's just Diego, isn't it? Isn't he's like you know uh, Cher or uh, you know Pink? It's just one name, Diego. And Diego, I was setting up, I was setting up the, uh, I'm the engineer, so I was setting up the uh, our roadcaster and everything. And Dan Baker happened to walk past. I said, Dan, Dan, I need you, Diego. I know him very well. I know how to spell his last name, but how do you pronounce his last name? He's like, you know, he's. Professional John, announcer. John, it's a Ted Gee. A Ted Gee. A Ted Gee. And he should know, Diego, right? Because how does it feel to get such an ovation, you know, before those playoff games? Well, I thought I thought you were talking about the fanatic when you were talking about this ovation. <laughs> That's true. The fanatic um, gets a bigger. No, from, first of all, thank you for having me here. It's a it's a pleasure, really, John. Tom, it's 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 awesome to be here with you. I've heard so many good things about the podcast, so it's a. Uh, it's an honor to be here with you. Awesome. The best person you could have asked how to pronounce my last name. I mean, not even me. He like this. Dan, yeah, Baker, Dan, he says Dan, it right. Dan would know it. Yeah. He he does such an incredible job. Your parents would approve of Dan Baker's a hundred percent pronunciation. And, and I tell like I come from a country where maybe ninety five percent of the people could not pronounce my last name right because mm. it's it's weird. You know, it's a, it's a I don't know. It's it's a weird last name. Too many letters, but um. Hey, I had a great time with those ovations. Uh, I tell you my secret, though. I bought tickets for 15,000 fans. <laughs> and, and, and that did the job. That did it. I mean, all I, all I asked for was, hey, just please clap for me when my name is announced by Dan, by Dan Baker. And they did it. They came through. Well, I got a question for you because I always think, uh, and this is just w the way my twisted mind works, right? If I'm Phil Sheridan, who's our clubhouse guy, or if I'm yourself or Danny O'Rourke, Danny O'Rourke, right? My biggest fear would be because you're running out there in front of everybody that like, don't trip, don't trip on the steps, <laughs> don't trip somehow on the turf, because that would be the worst yeah. moment ever, right? Because you're on TV. Next thing you know, that video would be going viral everywhere. But meanwhile, Diego's got a town. He comes out now. It's the the tipping of the hat to the fans right. you know, oh, which he's, is, he's uh, a pro hey that's the least that's the least I can do for them you know if they're if they are nice enough to clap for me yes. you know who you know again just as, as support staff I'm here for the players I have to give it up to them but why do you think you're getting that kind of ovation what's your theory I, I already told you I buy, I buy 15,000 <laughs> yeah. tickets to the I'm like you're, I'm not kidding I'm like $150,000 in the hole <laughs> I'm really hoping for a big playoff share alright Diego let's, let's go into your story there was a, there was actually a good story yeah. on Crossing Broad written about you but for those that did not read it or people that don't know your story let's start from the beginning you were you were born in Venezuela, right? Correct. And I'm assuming you played some baseball a little bit? Yes. Yeah. So um, I was born and raised in Venezuela. Uh, I was there until the age of 18. Um, you know, played baseball, played soccer, and, uh, you know, all elementary and middle high school. And your English is pretty good, right? <laughs> well, what, what was your... What? It, it, my English was almost non-existent. Non-existent. I thought I spoke some English, but okay. then, you know, when I when I enrolled in a in an English English course in Boston, 
um, I, you know, I started telling my teacher that I go to a mall yesterday and she goes like, oh, you went to a mall yesterday. And I keep going back and forth, you know, go to a mall. She's like, went. And I'm like, what is this woman doing? You know, like she, why am I not understanding her? She's not understanding me. And one of my classmates came over and said, hey, listen, you idiot. She's trying to correct you. It's the past tense of go is went. So you went to a mall yesterday. And that's when I knew I was in trouble. So you're, <laughs> you're basically, your, your uh, knowledge of English was, it was, did you take actually English courses when you were in high school or yeah, grade school? Yeah, there were some English classes uh, in high school, you know, but very basic, you know, maybe like one or two hours a week in school. But, you know, it's, you know how, you know, we all are in school, you know, like you don't really pay attention much. Or, well, at least I, I wasn't a great student. <laughs> Do they have any English television programs in Venezuela? Yes, yes. So did I, you learn that way, possibly? I think so, yeah. I So I became a big fan of Seinfeld. Okay. Uh, back home. Uh, yeah, I, th- I started watching Seinfeld when I was like 13 or 14 years old. So it would be in English with Spanish subtitles. Yeah. So that was a good, you know, a good way to start. Um, I think Will and Grace was another show okay. that was on right. TV. Yeah, that's how then. you learn. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, hey, it was awesome. Really. Then how did you make the decision to go get educated in college in the United States? So that wasn't even the plan. My plan was to come to the States to learn English for six months. That's it. I didn't even know where to go. My mom was the one that decided that Boston would be a place for me because I really had no idea. Well, I, how did she pick Boston? Well, because she, um, when she came, I think like 30 years before I did, she came here to do the same thing. She went to uh, Boulder, Colorado. She liked it, but she didn't love it. Some of her friends went to Boston and they absolutely loved it. So she was like, hey, you know, I've heard pretty good things about Boston. Um, I've never been there myself, but I think it would be a good place for you to go. I just knew that I couldn't go to like Miami, you know, because I didn't want to learn Cuban or, you know, I mean, you know, like I I already like I wanted to go to a place where, you know, like not many people um, spoke Spanish. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, just to force myself to to learn the language. But then like... um, you know, during the English course, uh, my grandfather got kidnapped for a day, and my dad was the one that had to deal with, you know, all of that. And um, obviously, it was very traumatic uh, when my grandfather was finally released at the end of that day because it was called express kidnapping at the time. Mm. They were kidnapping people every day. Like, mm. that was a thing in Venezuela. Like, uh, it was like three kidnappings a day in the capital. Mm. I don't even know what the data was, um, you know, like outside of the capital, but so yeah, so we, you know, unfortunately we were one of those, uh, families that had to deal with that. Uh, fortunately my grandfather was released and you know, he was okay, but my dad had to go through all that. And when he called me at night after telling me that my grandfather was okay, his very next comment was, please, please try to find a way to stay in, in to, to stay in the United States, you know, just do your education there. I'll try my best to, you know, help you out, you know, financially and all that. Cause I really think there's no future in Venezuela, unfortunately. And so, so and you enrolled in BU, right? And did you No, fo- I enrolled at Bunker Hill Community College first. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I so I did some soccer tryouts there. The soccer coach who um, is an awesome guy, Scott Benjamin. He was able to get me a really good deal, like to pay in-state tuition mm-hmm. instead of, you know, out-of-state tuition, which was a big help because it's like three times the price um, if uh, as an out-of-state student. And uh, and then I transferred to Northeastern. That's right. Yeah. And then you played soccer there. I played soccer and baseball at Bunker Hill. Uh, Northeastern, I just focused on school because I, you know, I needed to make sure I, you know, had good grades and, because yeah. I, you know, I knew like I knew I wasn't gonna be an athlete. My my dream was to be an athlete, like yeah. right. most people. At but this point, you got into healthcare, studying healthcare. Yes, in that Northeastern. Yes. Yeah, no, uh, Bunker Hill. I did international business, yep. and then that was during the 08 economic, you know, economic crisis. And uh, one of my academic advisors suggested for me to do something in in the healthcare field because. You know, it doesn't matter how things are in the world. People are always going to get sick. Mm. People are, are always going to try to have a family. And so the, the healthcare industry is always going to be busy. Yeah. And so I honestly didn't really know what to do. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a good advice. I talked you know, I talked it over with my, with my parents. They, they agreed. And, uh, so I made the switch 
And then I ended up doing stuff in communications and so you know, nothing related to my to my major. Yeah, which you got, but you got some great experience early on, right? You had your own uh, radio program. You had some uh, journalism. You're actually writing on the Celtics and the Red Sox, right? And, Correct. Uh, you know, it seems like you really got some great experience. Yeah, so that's one of the things that uh, that I started doing right after college. You know, I I you know, I didn't want to lose my English. I wanted to keep practicing, especially my writing. Cause I, I, I knew I was going to speak with people all the time. Like right. I, I can talk to a wall, you know, like I, you know me. So, um, but I wanted to keep practicing my writing in English. And I, so I, I started writing a blog about sports. And then when I enrolled in this communications course, there was an opportunity to start writing for the Celtics, the new England revolution, you know, the, the, uh, the Red Sox. And so I, I showed up to a newspaper to talk to, to, you know, the, the general manager of the newspaper with all my, you know, with like all my writing. So yeah, my like you know, portfolio, with, oh, portfolio. Yeah. yeah with mm-hmm. all my writing samples or whatever. And he looked at them and he said, can you write like this in Spanish? And I just looked at him and said, well, I hope I can write better. <laughs> right. I can write right. better in Spanish. Cause I, I mean, I, I lived 18 years in Venezuela, so he was like, oh, so I'll give you a shot. Go to Fenway Park, uh, write, you know, write me a story about the Latino pitchers of the Red Sox and, you know, the impact that they're making on the club. And he, he actually, I think he gave me half a page or like three quarters of a page on the newspaper. It was, yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was awesome. And, uh, I mean, obviously it was the first day I was like, you know, just looking at Big right. Papi and all these guys like, oh my God, like I... These guys are like aliens, you know. But then, um, I'm, you know, obviously I was shaking, you know, like holding the the, the my phone rec- <laughs> while while I'm recording and all yeah, that. Yeah. But uh, it was an unbelievable experience. It opened doors for me, you know. Then I started doing a, a radio show. You know, the same recordings that I would use for my for my articles on the newspaper, I would use on the radio show, yeah. and that led, you know, the the like, you know that led to a to a like local TV show. And all that gave me the exposure and the the knowledge, the the experience that the Phillies were looking for when the interpreter position came along. Right. So, so just for those that don't know, I think it was Carlos Beltran went to Major League Baseball and said, "I think every team needs a Spanish translator. We have translators for the Japanese players, for the South Korean players. In fact, the Phillies had uh, a player, the first baseman Lee, uh, who had his own translator." Right, and then that opened the door perfectly for you to be our Phillies translator. Yeah, and then that took another turn because then I know uh, I think the translator for Lee was or in Kim. Uni- Kim. or Kim. So yeah, right, it was Kim. Sorry, uh, who is in in uniform in the dugout? So then I guess talk about Gabe Kapler came to you with an opportunity. Yeah, so obviously you know when I was uh, I was in seventeen when we um, when we acquired uh, Lee, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim. Kim, I'm sorry, Kim. Yep. Yeah, Kim, and. Um, I would look at the interpreter and I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little jealous, you know, cause he was in uniform. He yeah. was doing stuff on the field and I knew I was capable of doing those things. I just didn't have the approval. Right. Yeah. But I obviously I was kind of still new. It was my second year on the job. I, you know, I just, I was just grateful, you know, for being there. And, but then in 18, when Gay Kapler was hired as manager, in spring training, I started like every other spring training, you know, just in, Kakis and Polo, whatever, and then, but Kapler noticed how comfortable the Latino guys were with me, how much they looked for me, you know, like to help them out with different things. And uh, so one day he asked me, like, he called me to his office and said, what, what are your responsibilities when you're not down, you know, down on the field, like, you know, like with the media and stuff? And I said, well, I do a, I look, I do a daily clips and uh, hmm. I really, I, I just warm up a chair. Right, in PR. Yeah, right. during, like during the game. Yeah. And he said, well, I'm going to talk to some people because I think it would be very beneficial to me and the Latino guys, like to, to the club in general, to have you down here hmm. in the clubhouse 
more often. Yeah, what, what a great call, too, by the way, because really you think about all the communication on the field, and we'll talk a little bit about what you do off the field, too, Diego, but isn't it unbelievable that it took that long to, to for somebody to have that idea? Because I, I can only imagine just, you know, the, of course, the out at the mound, you know, the conferences at the mound, or um, I know some of the new rules, uh, you know, and trying to interpret some of those for uh, Latino players. But are you amazed sometimes that it took that long? Uh, yes, but you know what? I don't blame the you know the different clubs, you know, for that. I I honestly think it's it's the league's fault because mm, there right. is no uh, specific um um you know like piece of paper that says the interpreter should do this, that, right. and that. A, B, C, D, you know, like, it's just... And I think they were relying on players, like someone like Freddie Galvis, who speaks great English and, and from Venezuela, right? Can, yes. can can translate, with, if you're an mm. infielder, for the most part, or maybe right. off the, you know, in the dugout, or in the locker room. But at the same time, you're not always going to have a Freddie Galvis. Correct. Right? Yeah, I mean, there are teams, there are, like, like this year. This year, the only infielder that we had for most of a year was Edmundo Sosa. And his English is... Shaky, you know, right. like, so it's not like it's not as good as Freddie Galvez, you know, who was amazing at English. But uh, so, again, when you're running to a situation like that, when you, you don't have a, a, anyone on the infield that can help you out, then, it sh- you know, you should have someone that you, you someone available that, that can help you out. I am amazed that it, <sighs> it took it took so long. But not only for me, even to this day, there are teams that don't do it. And, <laughs> and again, sometimes. But it's to me, it's because MLB didn't make it clear. You know, like they just all they said was, we need an interpreter during clubhouse hours. You know, pre and post game, went just just for the media. You know, but again, what what about coaches? You know, when coaches right. need yeah. to talk to the players, even players' teammates, right? You know, meetings. You know the position player meetings or pitchers meetings. Yeah, but but also like again, you're from Venezuela. You've got guys from uh, Dominican Republic. You've got guys from Nicaragua. You got guys from you know all over. Yeah. Right. Chuch was from Panama. Um, but you know you also have different like Spanish is different even within Nicaragua or within Dominican Republic. There's different dialects and right. Yeah. When it I, I wouldn't. Um, I mean, maybe you can call it dialects, but it's it's pretty much the same Spanish. It's just like different slangs. Slang, right? Uh, but it, obviously different accents but it's it's like someone from the United States and someone from England or maybe someone from the south of this country and someone from New, right. New England you know like That's it's the same thing it's, it's just yeah. the way they say it they may have different slangs or you know different accents but it's the same language another great uh, use of you Diego too is uh, I was reading too uh, like even in the batting cage with Kevin Long right to, for Kevin Long a coach to kind of explain maybe some of his theories or, or what a player should or shouldn't do and working with a player. Do you find yourself in those situations more and more now? Yeah. Yeah. And that actually that um, started happening last year because before our assistant um, hitting coach was Pedro Guerrero, who is from the Dominican Republic. So I wasn't needed in the cage as much. I see. You know, like even, even this year in the uh, right before the playoffs and even in the playoffs Andy Abad, who is um, Cuban American came over to help, so I wasn't needed in the cage as often as I was in the you know like I don't know maybe like first two or three months of a year, and but yes like that's something that Christian Pache found very useful because he was like I with the Braves I didn't have that with the with the A's I didn't have that, and I was shocked mm. like really you never had anyone to help you in your own language and I know. The I, I don't know the 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 athletics interpreter, but I know the Braves interpreter. He's a great guy, great attitude, but he's not a uniform. He's not allowed in the clubhouse, mm. you know, for too right. lo- for too long. Mm. So yeah, it, like he's he's, he's got to go upstairs, and then he's left alone. The players left alone, and and you know, it's like okay, well, I gotta try to understand this guy with my broken English, or or you know, the coach. He's gonna try to do his best with his broken Spanish, but sometimes the little things don't don't. Well, come you through. use a good word, comfortable, and you want these guys to be comfortable, right? They're they're coming from a foreign country. I mean, I can't even imagine Tom. I mean, you know, I lived over in England for a year, and I played lacrosse over there and coached lacrosse over there, but they're speaking the same language. I couldn't imagine coming over here and coaching or playing with somebody that that the language that wasn't your native tongue. Yeah, it's just now one of the people, the way people see you, uh, get to know you 
is obviously uh, after the game when they're interviewing, uh, let's say back in the day, Hector Neris, or it could be Sir Anthony Dominguez, uh, you're out there interpreting. So when you're interpreting, uh, I've asked you this off the, off the air too. <laughs> like when you're interpreting, let's say you don't, either they don't understand the question or maybe you don't like their answer. Uh, but <laughs> there's also people that <laughs> are lie. There's, also, lie, there's also a lot of people <laughs> watching the broadcast that know Spanish. Exactly. So you gotta exactly. be a little careful. You gotta be careful. You gotta be right. careful with that. So, you know, have there been situations <laughs> where you kind of cleaned up the answer a little bit? Yes, for sure. Uh, I think that my job, um, you know, as an interpreter, um, I guess even even like PR assistant is to make sure the guys sound good. Right. They look good. Um, I always, always, always keep the, the, the essence of the message. But there are a couple of times that, you know, I, I say I put makeup on the answers. Right. You know, just because I know where they're what they're trying to say. You know Some, them. Right. Yes. I know them. I, you know, I know where they come from. Um, you know, I, sometimes I get very nervous in front of the camera, even though. I'm there translating for them is, and, and I joke with them about it because it's like you, when 50,000 people are watching you, you know, like try to hit the ball, you're fine. Hmm. But then they put a camera on you and, and you're, you're yeah. terrified. Yeah, sure. But it's, it's, it, it would be the same thing for me. Like if in front of the camera, I feel fine. But if they told me to take an at bat, I would be shaking. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's get to that because I know uh, oftentimes when JT, from what I understand, when JT gets a day off, he gets a day off. He's not going to go out there and warm up the uh, the pitcher when you know uh, if, if so if uh, Garrett Stubbs is a little late getting dressed, right? <laughs> yes. So a couple times you've been put out there to catch because you're in uniform in the middle of a, like during a game in between innings in between. for for someone like Chris, uh, Zach Wheeler. Yeah. So, what was that like? Is someone? What, what was your your biggest baseball you, little league? Was was that your? What what grade did you stop playing competitive baseball? Uh, no, college. I oh, college, right, college. Right, right. I played in college, right, uh, so you, but, but I played center field in college. That that was not yeah. catcher. Yeah, I wasn't. And, catcher. And you weren't catching <laughs> someone who's throwing a ninety six mile per hour cutter. <laughs> yes, uh, but I, I I tell you this, I I always talk to the guys beforehand, and I tell them, hey, remember. That stops his catching today. Remember that JT is not gonna be warming you up, so you gotta take it easy on me. You know, it's not it's not a professional doing it. I I'm not trying to die today. Right. You know. So uh -huh. so who was the first pitcher that you caught in the in the during a game? Yeah, in between innings. I think it was Ranger Suarez. And you and put equipment on too when you do that or uh, just uh, between innings? Just just I put a cup on. Okay. And the uh, mask. And the mask. And the mask. Yeah. Right. But uh, there, so. But now that it has evolved a little, sometimes it's like, oh, Soto's coming in. I'm like, oh my god! And he, I know yeah. he's getting when they when they get hot in the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. They come out throwing fire. It's, right. It's different when when it's a starting pitcher because he's already warmed up. Right. Yeah. So he's just trying to get loose. Right. Until you know the catcher, you know, is ready. But when it's a bullpen guy. They they go hard. They, and they, they Soto's got bullets. movement, right? Yes, so. yes. So there was a time. This is a funny story. It, we're, we're, it was we're, we were at City Field, eighth or ninth inning, whatever. And um, so I see that Soto's coming in. I run to the cage to get JT. I'm like JT. Like I, I'm not like <laughs> Help. I, yeah. Like because <laughs> right. that day I think it was Taiwan Walker that pitched. I was like I I was fine with Taiwan. You know, again starting pitcher just getting loose, whatever, like, I've, I've caught him before, but I've never caught Soto, not even, like, flat grounds, nothing, and I know he throws fire. Right. So, like, he's like, no, no, Diego, you got it. I'm like, no, 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 like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have it. Like, this oh. is, I'm telling, like, I'm, I'm, I'm begging, <laughs> begging you, I'm begging you because I know I don't yeah. have it. Yeah. Like, Diego, yeah, you're fine. If, you know what? If anything, just put, put my equipment on. You'll be fine. I go look for his equipment. Right. Everything is already on the truck. Like it was like getaway day. We were leaving. Like we're trying to beat traffic. Everything is wow. is gone. I so I didn't even have a cup on. So I oh. took some towels, <laughs> some towels to protect that area. And I'm like, this is insane. Like I don't know why I'm doing this. F very first pitch, it went over my head. I I think I didn't even see the ball. It went over my head, and sort of just looked at me like like. Like his what? fault or like your fault? Yeah, he's like, what happened? And I said, I I just went like I didn't see it. Right. I, and he did one more. I caught that one. And 
to me, I was like, okay, that was graduation day. Right, right, right. <laughs> but right after that, stops came in. I was like, oh my God, finally. Thank this goodness. Is, it was, yeah, it was a little, um, it was. Did your hand moment. hurt after that too? Oh yeah, they, it always hurts. But it's <laughs> yeah. a good hurt, you know, because it's like, hurt. it's like, I, you know, I had success. It's yeah, like, I did well, it. I caught it, you know, so it's like, okay, it's good. You know, I, and I'd rather my hand to hurt than, you know, my face because I got right. hit or something, you know. All right. One of the, uh, I think our fans don't really get a great opportunity just because of the part of the language barrier to, to know some of our players, right? Latino players. So why don't you give us a little, like, uh, give the, give the listeners a little, like Sir Anthony, what is Sir Anthony like as a person, as a human being? Uh, and I know you're friends with a lot of these guys. Yeah. It's uh, honestly, they are, um, a, you know, a pleasure to work with. They are a real good group of guys. I've been very lucky to have, you know, the, uh, very good guys um, all these years. Sir Anthony is very smart, super smart. He's a great uh, dominoes player, great great chess player, um, super competitive. He um, he's into real estate. You know, he likes that stuff. Um, he's always looking for you know ways to to invest his money well. Um, Ranger is just a. A freak athlete. You yeah. know, like his, 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 he looks just. He looks like he's basically at the beach yeah. when a line drive comes at him. He's like, <laughs> and, da, 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 da. and he's like that in every sport. Like if if today you told him to play basketball with you, he probably beat us all. Right. And he hasn't played in five years. Right. Soccer, same thing. Like he's just naturally gifted like that. So he, his personality is what you see on the field. Yes, no doubt about it. How about Alvarado? I know you have a tight relationship with Alvarado. Yeah, uh, super nice guy too. Um, I always tell him that he's like a teddy bear, you know, because he's got that big presence, you know, the beard and all that. But like inside, he's... Yeah. yeah, he's very mellow. You know, very nice guy. Very, um, he cares. He cares about his family a lot. Um, he loves his teammates. You know, like he was doing the, you know, the, the those necklaces yep. for Friends, friendship bracelets. Yeah, like those. You know, for the I think he did it for the ball girls, for the for the for the command center, or at least some security guards, mm-hmm. um, the coaches, his teammates, the. You know the people in the the, the staff in the kitchen, the you know the trainers. Like, but like he likes to include everyone. You know, like yeah. super super nice and very patriotic. Hmm. He like he loves showing off. You know, like how much he loves Venezuela and, yeah. and all that. Um, Sosa is is a very funny guy. You know, a very a very family oriented. You know, he loves spending time with his daughter. Um, who else? Soto. Soto, so Soto is you would have so much fun with Soto because he, he he's Soto is like my mom. He's got no filter. Whatever right. he's thinking, he's gonna say it. Right. You know, like and and he doesn't mean to offend anyone. Sometimes you know he may come across you know, but but he's just being him. You know, he's just like he's not trying to have any filter. Well, Diego, we talked about uh, you know th- the things you do here at the ballpark, but you know there are uh, ways that you help these guys uh, with everything. It could be a, the purchase of, uh, you know, uh, a jet, house or jet ski. a jet ski or, <laughs> um, you know, anything, a doctor or, I mean, uh, talk a little bit about some of the things that you do off the field um, to help these guys. Okay. Yeah. So again, because MLB, you know, didn't really specify what the interpreter uh, was supposed to do. I kind of, I'm honestly, I have to give a lot of credit to the Phillies for letting me mold this role, yep. you know, like yep. based on my abilities or whatnot. But uh, so obviously I saw the need that the guys had off the field with different things, you know, because I mean, it's, it's no secret that, you know, like some of them didn't have the education that, that we did, you know, like we were fortunate to, you know, go to college and, you know, be educated that way. They, you know, so they, they're lacking some of these things sometimes. And obviously you don't want people to take advantage of that. So there are times that, you know, I go to, to car dealerships with them yeah. to buy a car, make sure they're getting a good deal. And that, you know, they're sometimes it's low because they're ball players. They don't get discounts or they actually try to like, you know, like right. inflate prices, yep. you know, mm-hmm. um, so I went to a car dealership with Alvarado this year to purchase a car. Um, I I went house hunting with Dominguez to to buy a house in in, in Philly. Um, and I, this is not really just to translate; it's more just as a just as a 
they help him just in life. Yes. Right? Yes. Correct. And that's it. That's and they see that's you as a good friend, which is a great sign that they're looking to you for help in this matter. Correct. And and for, that's why, like to me, it's been a uh, you know, like it's 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 been an exp- a great experience to work with them off the field because one thing that you want to show to these guys day in and day out is that you're here for them, no matter what, hmm. you know, like all the time. You know, it's like twenty four seven, whatever you need. If I can do it, I will do it. And that's a that's a, a a way for anyone to gain trust. And and ultimately, that's what you want from the players. You know, like you know, like they you want them to trust you. Um, you want them to know that that you're that you're there for them. That you want you know that it's you're always looking out for the best outcome possible that they can that they can have. So that's why you know, like. Again, doctor's appointments, dental appointments, um, you know, car dealerships, uh, sometimes like rental agreements, you know, so mm-hmm. they, you make sure like, okay, well, you got to pay one month of security deposit. How does that work? You get it at the end, you know, sometimes because they don't really understand, yeah. you know, the fine print or whatever, they don't get the money back, you know, the, the, the security the security deposit money back, you know, little that's, things like that that people would awesome. never. Have you been you know, asked to be in someone's wedding yet? <laughs> or go to their wedding. No, but Alvarado bought me a suit this year, and he said, "I hope this is a suit that you wear whenever you get married." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so that's a, that's a good gift. Nobody's named their kid Diego or anything. <laughs> no, but probably a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been down to the uh, facility in the Dominican? And what do you think of that? And do you get to meet the guys there? So then maybe, you know, if they make their way through the system, uh, you have some kind of relationship? Yes. I went down to the academy in the Dominican Republic in 2019. um, And I actually met um, Armenta is the last name. Uh, And at the time, so Victor Arano, Mm -hmm. the the Mexican pitcher, was with us at the time. And Armenta was probably what 16 out of Mexico you know just I, I think I had just arrived in the academy I had to do some like presentations for the the players families and stuff it was a family day I think um, down there and I kid you not there was no one asking more questions that day than mm. Armenta mm. and left left-handed pitcher for us still in the system. Uh, I think, I don't know if he's in double A now, but he was in spring training this year and I was so proud of him. And and it took me back to, you know, to, to yeah. when I met him in the DR and how crazy, you know, yeah. like the world is that, you know, like four years later, this kid, like I'm still here, the kid's still here, he's making progress. And even when I talked to him that day after he asked so many questions, something told me, it's like this this guy... Like I'm gonna meet him again. Like he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna go places, yeah. because it wasn't just questions like how are you. No, it was like very, like thoughtful questions. Um, and at the end, I talked to him a little more, and he said, you know, like sorry for asking so so many questions. I'm just, you know, like I just really want to make it to the big leagues. And I th- and and one of my role models is Victor Arana because he's Mexican like right. me, and you know we were from I don't know if he, if they're from the same town or like nearby, but um. He took, you know, he had a lot of pride in that. I thought it was wonderful. And, and honestly, t- I, I tip my hat to Ray Robles mm. and the amazing work yep. he does um, at the academy. And not only Ray, all his staff, yeah. like everyone, everyone that like, it, it, everyone is so invested mm. in the well-being of, of all these kids. Well, and they try to teach some of those life skills uh, at that level too, don't they, Diego? Some of, some of those things you were talking about? Yes, yes, for, uh, no doubt. That's something that we've talked um, internally, you know, mm. how to, you know, how to make it better for them because the, the reality is, I mean, we, we, we hate to say it or face it, but the reality is that not everyone's going to make it to the big leagues. You know, it's, it's, but it would be great if we can teach you know if we can teach them about life too yeah and just this life skills that maybe they're lacking now but in a couple of years they can be fine with you know because it's 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 a little things that okay well you didn't make it as a professional baseball player mm. oh, oh i'm sorry as a, a big leaguer you know you didn't make it to a big leagues but you got you have the skills that you need to survive in the real world mm. 
have you, have, have you ever, has an American player ever come to you to help on the other, going the other way, learning Spanish? Yes, there, um, there are, there have been players and coaches too. Like that, uh, you know, they want, they want to learn their language. They usually ask me what's a good app, you know, to use to, to start learning Spanish or if I would teach them Spanish. Um, actually, like people here in the front office have uh, asked me if I would be willing to teach Spanish. Yeah. And my answer is always no, because the second you guys know, I'll be out of a job. <laughs> right. Well, Ruben Amaro's mom used yeah, to teach. Ruben's mom. Uh, yeah. I took a bunch of, a uh, couple years. Yeah. With her, with, uh, as you know, I have a Cuban background, but my mom never spoke any Spanish. So we didn't speak any Spanish in the house and I took French in high school. I don't know why. Oh, really? Uh, all right. Before we let you go, Diego, what is the greatest? Well, I got two, two final questions. The greatest home run call you've ever heard. I knew who was going to ask me this. <laughs> oh, it's obviously yours. Oh. My, my favorite, That's I, awful. I don't know. I don't know if my favorite one is the, the put the baby in the, the, the diaper or <laughs> put the or, baby to bed without a diaper. Yeah. Or, or the cookie jar. Yeah. Uh, grandma hide the cookie jar. <laughs> yeah, Diego's, you know. Diego's the biggest fan of mine. I was going to say, you're hanging around with him way too too much. Man. All right. And then the other the last question is, before we get to a quiz, you have a quiz, by the way. Okay. To win this t-shirt, we have a backstage with Burgoyne and Brazier t-shirt. Thanks to our buddy Scott Soffin, right, from yes. B3 Worldwide. Uh, awesome. You're going to get one of these t-shirts. Um, but other than catching in a during a game with 45,000, 50,000 people watching, what is the coolest thing you get to do? Uh, as an employee of the Phillies. Other than, again, catching Soto or Wheeler, that's unbelievable. Like, that's an experience that <laughs> nobody will ever get. But is there one other type thing like that that is just stands out to you say, wow, I got to do that? Um, I, I would have to say meet, you know, when I get to meet or work with great legends like Larry Boa, John Crook, uh, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. You know, those are, those are guys that my grandparents loved watch and play and you know now I send them pictures with them and and you know they they get so happy for me and so proud and you know it's 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 they're living this through me you know and it's 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 unbelievable and did you have a favorite player in Venezuela growing up Venezuelan yeah uh, Omar Vizquel Vizquel okay yeah are you ready for your quiz it's an eight question quiz eight questions uh, multiple choice uh, the first four questions are about Venezuela. Okay. The last four questions are about players, uh, Latino players, and where they're from. Okay. All right. Although one was not a player, the last one is a musician. So you yeah. said <laughs> is, he's playing for the shirt. So if he playing doesn't get shirt. so if he doesn't get six of eight, he's not getting that beautiful shirt. No, he's got to earn the shirt. Uh, got to earn it. So I'm getting low on shirts, Scott. <laughs> if you're listening, I need more shirts. Uh, all right. Are you ready? I am, Diego. Thanks for the visit, let's get down to business. Now here's your chance to show how much you really know. He might get grumpy if he can't stop you with Brazier's Quiz. All right, the world's largest rodent can be found in Venezuela. What is the name of this rodent? Is it A, the Cape Porcupine? Is it B, the Giant Pacarena? Is it C, the Capybara? Or is it D, the Koipu? Is it the giant, the Cape Porcupine, the giant Pacarena, the, uh, copy, the giant Pacarena, Capybara, or the Koipu? The giant Pacarena. Is that what you're going with? Yeah. Uh, that's my guess, my wild guess. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm saying it wrong. It's Capybara. C A P. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the biggest Capybara. one. I, and by the way, Diego, I already said this is a ridiculous <laughs> quiz. It's like Diego's not going to get this uh, stuff. It's color ridiculous. All right, maybe, maybe. I'm going to give you some help here. Venezuela has the world's tallest waterfall, at 3,212 feet. Angels it, Falls. Angels yeah, Falls. Yeah, there it right. is. I there thought you you'd go. get that one. You know what? Because, That's beautiful. Because you got that without the uh, multiple choice, you get the first one too. Ah, oh, look at that! You are, if you generous. haven't been to Angels Falls, you really have, it's a magical place. Yeah, it's a magical. It's the place. largest uh, waterfall. Yeah. Yes, in the world. Yeah. In we the did world. that. We uh, we took a helicopter ride, my, my family and me, hmm. uh, in uh, I don't know, maybe 2015. When we got to see it, we all started crying. Wow, it, that's it's cool. Magical. That's awesome. Yeah. Is it in the middle of like a tropical forest yes. kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, right. yeah to get there, you got to take multiple planes, you know, yeah. little, like little planes. Right. And Two stuff. more awesome. Venezuelan questions. One is modern Venezuela was one of three countries created in what year following the collapse of Gran Colombia, the short-lived republic created by revolutionary Simón Bolivar. Okay. So uh, modern Venezuela was created, was it 1810, 1830, 1870, or 1910? So 1810... 1830 
1870, 18, 1910. Um, Your I would say 1810. 1830. Oh, my mm. God. All right. Tom, Tom, you can have Tom as your lifeline on this one. I don't think I could help they're, with I that. Think they're they're, they're going to take my Venezuelan no. citizenship away. <laughs> you're, you're fine. My Venezuelan citizenship is gone. How many Miss Universe winners has Venezuela produced? A lot. Yes. Four, five, six, or seven. You can use Tom as a lifeline. I'm going to say seven because- Seven is correct. Seven is correct. John hit me with that when I said seven. Yeah. Venezuela is, is yeah, a- Beautiful gr- women. Beautiful yes. women. All right. Here's where we're getting easy. So right now you only have one because, again, I gave you the first. Okay. Uh, this is where it gets easy. I'm going to mention- a player's name, you got to tell me where they were born. Where was Roberto Clemente born? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Doesn't even need the multiple yeah. choice, Tom. Uh, Favorite w- player ever, I think, to, for me. Is that right? I love okay. him, yeah. Where was Miguel Cabrera born? Maracay. Which is what country? Uh, Venezuela. Venezuela. Oh, yeah. You are correct. Uh, doesn't need multiple choice. Where was Juan Soto born? Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. Yep. Oh, he's on three a roll. Three three. Now you get to get the last one. I think you've already qualified. Yes, yeah. But if you really want to, we, we can make it uh, totally legit. <laughs> Where is Shakira? Tom Burgoyne is a big Shakira fan. Big fan. So is she from- Her hips don't lie. <laughs> is, is she, <laughs> That's what I love about her. <laughs> is she from Columbia, Uruguay? Colombia uh, doesn't Columbia. even need it. Boom. See, so you qualified anyway. <laughs> yeah. You get the shirt. Thank you. I hopefully the shirt will fit. That's a beautiful backstage. Yeah, we're going in Brazier. I love it. Right? It might be like a European small type <laughs> oh, I shirt. Love it. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you guys. Wedge himself into that. Yeah, Diego, no, thank thanks you. for joining us. Uh, listen, a credit to um, the Phillies. Uh, Gabe Kapler, but the Phillies also for letting you evolve into this. You've taken just full advantage of it because you have evolved. Uh, I just love how you're, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're, you, you service to these guys too. You know, you're there when you need them. Uh, so just good for you. You've taken advantage of this thing and you're in the big leagues and it's been a heck of a run. You got a lot of years left in you, pal. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much again for having me to me again. All the credit goes to the Phillies for, you know, letting me, you know, be myself with his guys. You know, and Greg Castriotto for hiring him. Yeah, yeah really, right, Greg. Greg Castriotto. You know, saw saw something in me that not many people did, and he gave me a chance. And uh, you know, I I will be forever grateful to him because uh, yeah, well, he just honestly re- gave me a chance to be in the big leagues. Just remember us when you get. You know, you're already big time now because you're getting loud applause in front of fifty thousand, yeah, forty six thousand people. You know, there were there were uh, thirty guys hired, right, and women, I guess, too, yeah. uh, hired uh, in 2016. Diego, you're only one of four who's still left from that original uh, hire, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really uh, making the most of your opportunity. It's yeah, great. Man. No, it's it's awesome. awesome. And, and again, and. To, to answer your question, to give you an honest answer, you know, about the ovation thing and all that, I give all the credit to the players, you know, to the players that I work with, because if they were not good players, mm. if they were not on TV, people wouldn't see me. You know, so it's it's when Sanchez and, and Suarez dominate on the mound, I, I go on TV. You know, because yeah. they do because they do a good, good job. Point. I do have one yeah. last question. Cause, That's a good cause point. Your star, if the star of the game is Latino and needs a translator, that means you're getting hit with a shrapnel. I'm just kidding. Right? So you're getting <laughs> hit with a bucket or the gum or the or the sunflower seeds. <laughs> What's the worst mixture that you've gotten? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's honestly, it's it's just been cold water, like during the cold days. Not even like I don't yeah. care about the gum, you know, or, or anything or Gatorade or whatever. I don't it what what it's incredibly painful is when you feel that water coming down your back right. and it's like I don't know. But don't you like the super secret, super cold? Shouldn't you be like the secret service where you dive in front to try to save you the the guy who's being interviewed and yeah. you know you're gonna take the bullet for him, yeah. you know? But but honestly, like those are the occasions yeah, when yeah. I when I get to be on TV, you know, like Sosa is the start of a game or, you know, Rojas is the start of a game. Then, you know, because, because of their good job, because of how well they play, they get to be on TV and I, and I, I'm standing next to them. So I think that people associate, you know, that something yep. positive with me. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, that's a guy. That's you it. Know? So that's I, it. I, did I, you ever I think, think of translating the, for the fanatic? <laughs> I would, I would try. That would be a challenge. He doesn't speak Galapagos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, John. Uh, hey, Diego, thanks again. All right. No, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Well, we're going right. to, we're going to come back, right? Yes. And we're going to talk. We'll talk a little bit. It's behind the scenes of the playoffs. Sounds good. Well, having Diego one was awesome. Huh, John? Diego is one of the greatest guys. Uh, and you can see how, you know, he was asked to be the translator, and as we, you just heard right there, 
that he just seamlessly just goes into all the roles because he gets along with everybody. He's, he's so comfortable to be around. Yeah. Obviously, when in that situation where uh, these guys are not in their comfort zone, they're in another foreign country. Yep. It's not their their native language, and they and they're playing a great sport. Uh, but they just you know, and that's what it is. It's all about comfort zone. Yeah. And Diego provides that and more, as you mentioned. You know, away from you know helping with. Uh, birth certificates and anything from yeah. marriage certificates to you know insurance to anything buying jet skis just he's he's there for these guys and yeah. and they're very trusted yeah he's really taking advantage of the opportunity and it, and he's you can tell he's just uh, a good guy Great and guy. he's smart and uh, he'll run through a brick wall for you you know and he does for these guys you know yep and uh, you know I know we we're going to talk about the playoffs and so now we we don't want to we, we, we don't want to talk well, we don't want to talk about the bad part of the playoffs exactly. But but one of the part of the part of the playoffs or one of the great things for us is a lot of the behind the scenes uh, situations and you know obviously I'm on Miles Teller duty yeah. uh, or Miles Teller's dad duty was his dad at every playoff game his dad was every playoff and game and then Miles was Miles at- wasn't at the NLDS because he right. had it was his wife's birthday and they went away uh, but he came back for the NLCS he was going to be here for the World Series if we advanced um but we also had ryan felipe here yep uh we had a lot of the eagles yeah uh, oh, and yeah. that was cool because the jason kelsey moment with the fanatic and the other players yeah why, why don't you tell the audience how that came about well that was game six uh in the nlcs and uh of course jason made his mark last year right. and uh from you, you reached out to Jason, and I know he was really open to like coming back and yep. let's do something again with the Fanatic. It didn't work out. I think uh, in the series prior, we were like wondering, can we hold maybe Jason till uh, the World Series? But the timing wasn't going to work because right. Monday nights are Mondays are perfect for the Eagles because it's if they're right. playing on Sunday, that's really their day off. Yeah, and that's when he had to have the opportunity to do it. Yeah, so then we then we knew because it was uh, the day off, we started getting a lot of requests for other Eagles. We knew Fletcher Cox and yep. Dallas. Goddard, Lane Johnson, uh, Julio Dar- Jones, uh, Darius Slay. Yes, yeah, Slay. So we, AJ Brown, uh, we knew uh, a bunch of guys were going to be here. And so I know, John, you and I talked about it. It's like, well, Jason, knowing Jason, he's probably going to be like, well, we got all my buddies here. You know, maybe you bring them all out. So we were kind of ready for that. So we went to him and said, listen, Jason, instead of, and we really wanted him to chug a beer, right, John? I mean, you know, it's kind of the lucky chug of the beer. He chugged a beer for us last year, and we won in the NLCS. So um, can't do it on the field because there is a a rule that says, uh, you know, MLB does not want alcohol on the field at any point. Uh, you know, they're thinking it's after the game and they're celebrating. They don't want the beer and the champagne coming out of the locker right. room and on the field, but they also don't want it happening in the middle of the game, I guess. So we really wanted to have Jason, you know, slug slug a beer. So we set up a stage out in Ashburn Alley and we said, hey, we got the, the team, bring bring all the guys. We got them all overalls. I think most of the guys were wearing the Phillies well, overalls. it's funny because the, well, first of all, the, the, I said to Jason, I said, if you want to bring other guys out there would be great because that's one, yeah. one of the things we had talked about when everyone and he said yeah i said you know you can do it by yourself but if you want to bring everybody and next thing you know yeah. again there was all these i think they were in three different suites were. some yeah. guys were down in the diamond club yep and he got in touch with everybody yeah. even when he found out some guys were coming that he didn't even know were coming then he you know uh, gathered well then the overalls i know lane johnson had a pair of overalls and then we got fletcher cox a pair of overalls and then I know uh, Dallas Goddard wanted to wear a pair of overalls, but I went down to the store and they were cleaned out. Oh, yeah. I couldn't find a size for no, Dallas yeah, yeah. Goddard. So we I had went- a special order, uh, some of the ones. We were getting three XLs, right? Man. Is I that know. what they were wearing? Uh, two X, yeah. I two think XL? Jason was a two XL. Okay. Lane, I think, was a three XL or Fletcher might have yeah. been a three XL. And then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I had to get a hoodie for Dallas, and then Julio Jones, I didn't yeah. know he was showing up, I know. and I met Julio Jones, and then he saw that I was giving, I gave a jersey to uh, AJ, and then AJ's <laughs> like, can you get a hat and something else for Julio? Next you know, I'm down in the, uh, I, it was probably a good thing, because that's when Arizona was scoring runs, and uh, and I was down there busy trying to find sizes for hoodies and hats and <laughs> this and that, so it was uh Chaos. It was chaos. And I just, I'm laughing because Julio Jones, he was out there on stage and he was just looking around like he couldn't believe what was going right, out, right. going down in Ashburn Alley between the fans, between everybody, you know, surrounding the team, you know, we're, you know, they've got the rally towels going. Jason's slamming a beer. I look over at Julio Jones. He's like, 
well, this is Philly right here. You know, I'm not playing for the Atlanta Falcons anymore. This is Philadelphia. So right. I just had a laugh. But hey, uh, thanks to the Eagles uh, for yeah the, having the players. They were great, and also thanks for the Eagles because game one we brought the uh, Philadelphia Eagle cheerleaders. Yep, uh, they were out on the field with the fanatic. That was really cool. We had that, some Sixers here. We had Tyrese yes. Maxey was here. Yeah, I know Embiid was here. I know Tobias Harris. Was here. Well, you know, and here's the thing, John. You know, we also planned for the World Series, and we're not in the World Series. But the hope was, you know, we might have had some, uh, you know, some fun stuff in the World Series. We had too, a lot of know? fun things planned. We're, we're not going to uh, divulge. We had obviously we got because plan- next year, right? We got to plan well ahead, <laughs> and we had it would have been Aiza's word on the radio. It would have been spectacular. I know. It would have been talked about it in the morning, what I, I said. Know, I but know. this one really was. We had one that was lined up for the World Series. I know. That I know been, what you're talking about, but we're not going to we go public. We can't divulge it because we're going to still try it next year. But just my point is, listen, all the Philadelphia teams really get together. We all support one another. Fans love it. And why not? You know, it's uh, all for one, one for all mentality, which is great. And, uh, hey, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. We're game two of the NLCS. They joined the Fanatic in some rally towel waving. So we had, uh, was it Charlie Day and Rob McElhaney yep. and uh, Caitlin Olson. So, uh, yeah, they were really into it, John. Did you see him on the field? I, mean, I they, did. They were, How did the Fanatic like dancing with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia cast? There might have been some twerking going on with uh, Caitlin Olson, actually. There might have been some twerking involved, John. Okay. Fanatic, but, uh, Fanatic knows how to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fanatic was uh, a willing participant. <laughs> awesome. So uh, it was, I know. So, John, I know we had to kind of wrap it up because, you know, this we had it. We couldn't just have a podcast and avoid the fact that we didn't win that series. But, um, hey, bring on next year. I know. I'm already starting to think. Uh, in, I'm in the office today. I've got, all right, I've got fantasy camp coming up. I've got spring training. We've got the London series. Hey, uh, announcement this week. The Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame celebrating their 20th year. And Carlos Ruiz and our good friend Bill Giles are being inducted oh, into awesome. the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame on Thursday night. Yeah, which is really cool. Couldn't happen to two better people. Yeah, it's going to be great. The bopper. So that's Thursday. But I hear you. Shoot. There's all the things. Uh, I know the Fanatics got a pretty uh, aggressive appearance schedule uh, for the fall. Uh, we're planning spring training already. We're booking flights. It's, uh, you know, it'll be three and a half months, John. I know. Well, just like last year, uh, a quick offseason. Quick offseason. That's how we like it. All right, John, that's it. We're wrapping it up uh, from Citizens Bank Park. We're looking at the ground crew is out there winterizing the field. And um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time on Philly's Backstage.